You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Pirates baseball today, this Friday the 20th, with our good friend Adam Barry, our Pirates reporter for MLB.com. Adam, we thank you so much for the time. And uh, the goal today is to uh, kind of break down this uh, Pirates rotation, a few individuals, and the rotation as a whole. And what I like to do at the end of every season is to see just how much a rotation transforms and changes between opening day and game 162. Now, in most cases, Teams will have, you know, attrition in their staff due to trades and health and guys getting promoted, demoted in some cases. But for the Pirates, they were the rare exception of the 30 big league clubs this year. They only used seven starters uh, the entire 2017 season. And this day and, uh, day and age, that's so rare. So, you know, kind of take us through, uh, you know, the entire season and the the minimal ways, I guess, as opposed to other teams that this rotation changed because unlike other teams, as I said, they were blessed with our pretty good health. Yeah, it's kind of funny because they used 14 starters in 2016, and that was, you know, their their lesson from that was you can never have enough starting pitching, you need depth, and they had it. It wasn't necessarily high-end depth heading into the season, but they had in spring training an eight-man competition technically for the rotation. Three of those spots were a given. Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, and Ivan Nova. Chad Cool was kind of written in pencil, solidified in the pen. And then the four-man competition for the fifth spot was Tyler Glasnow, Drew Hutchison, uh, Trevor Williams, and, and Stephen Brault. And they really only needed six because Stephen Brault didn't make a start until September. So they got through the better part of the season with just six starters, and that was even with Jamison Tyone uh, missing uh, you know, all that time due to testicular cancer. They just plugged Trevor Williams from the bullpen right into the rotation. When Tyone was ready to come back, they dumped Glasnow, who – wildly underperformed down to AAA, uh, and he stayed there until September, which was kind of surprising given the way that he was dominating uh, down for Indianapolis. But, yeah, like you mentioned, they only used seven starters. It's tied to the club record for fewest in one season, which stretches back a long way. Last time they did it was 1997, so Mm. 20 years uh, since they used this, uh, you know, low number of starters. And it's kind of funny because you, you see that stability and you would think, okay, they were great. They were excellent. They performed to that capability. But the odd part about it is that every single starter had ups and downs, and those downs weren't just, you know, a couple of rough starts. They were just absolute crater, kind of rock bottom, as bad as these guys have ever been in their entire career when they did struggle. So there was some inconsistency, but I think people, that's kind of what you would expect from a young rotation, which they knew they would have going into the season. The funny thing is, I think people are going to look back and say, oh, all the inconsistency. At the end of the year, they round out, rounded out to be about middle of the pack in terms of you know the majors and the National League as far as performance with ERA and WHIP and stuff like that. So there is a lot of good and a lot of bad with each individual uh, pitcher and then as a group as well. Yeah, it seems like uh, they really went to extremes at both ends of the spectrum. The, the good was great and the bad was awful, and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of skewed some of the numbers. And in particular – want to get your take on uh, Garrett Cole as uh, this guy is still considered the undisputed leader of this rotation. But when you look at, you know, 12 and 12 and a 4.26 ERA, I would think that that's, you know, again, to the at first glance, that's disappointing. But you take a, a deeper look, 
He still struck out nearly a batter per inning. The home runs were way up. Uh, he gave up 31 home runs. That's somewhat alarming for a guy that's supposed to be considered your ace. But when you you throw the whole thing in the blender with Garrett Cole, uh, again, I would think that you know there was some disappointment after a 12 and 12 season. But is uh, you know is there still hope that he can get back to the Garrett Cole he was you know a couple years ago when it seemed like he was well on his way to becoming a perennial you know 15 20 game winner. Yeah, it, there's so many different ways to look at Garrett Cole's season. I think a lot of it just depends on your perspective. So from the fans' perspective, they see this guy who's a former number one overall pick, the 2015 ace, you know, top five Cy Young finisher, and they see 4.26 ERA, 500 record, the adjusted ERA plus under the advanced metrics is 1% better than league average. That's not your ace if you have a guy who's 1% better than league average at preventing runs. So that's on that front, it's a disappointment. But then, like you mentioned, it's 203 innings. It's 33 starts, nearly 200 strikeouts. He took the ball. He was their horse, essentially. He was, you know, the guy who took the ball when needed. They didn't want to disrupt him down the stretch. And he was healthy. And it's funny because you look back, and if you were to listen from the talks we had in spring training, there were so many questions about his health. Was his elbow going to hold up over the course of the season? Because he ended last year on the disabled list. So when we talked with Garrett Cole at Nationals Park after his last start of the season, he was practically beaming with pride over the 33 starts and the 203 innings. Those were goals that he wanted to achieve to the point where when I asked, you know, how do you balance that with the 4-2-6 ERA and the 31 home runs you allowed, he basically just kind of laughed it off. Like he couldn't even process that that was a, a problem because he was so proud of the, the innings total and starts that he made. So there's just so many different things going on there. I think if you consider looking forward, all right, he's built up the health. He's heading into a normal, healthy baseball offseason not a rehab offseason like he had last year, then it probably does bode well for Garrett Cole going forward. The problem is, you know, you just when you have a guy who is your ace, he's your opening day starter, you do expect an ERA on the other side of four, and he wasn't quite able to deliver that this year. Yeah, absolutely, and you brought up a lot of good points. You know, the the good and the bad is is that, again, you know, 12-12 and 12 and a 4-2-6 ERA, those aren't ace-like numbers, but considering the strikeout rate and considering the health and how good he feels – I would think that signs point towards him uh, really recovering in 2018. Like you said, this will be a normal baseball offseason for him in terms of, uh, you know, working out and activity and just feeling all right. So hopefully uh, we see those numbers improve for Garrett Cole in 2018. Uh, Trevor Williams as well, Adam, you said a guy, you know, that started the year in the in the bullpen. And then Jamison Tyone had the unfortunate, uh, you know, health issues. So in goes Williams. He makes 25 starts, uh, a 4.07 ERA, and all things considered, I would think that this was, you know, the pleasant surprise of the pitching staff in 2017. Yeah, that's a great point and a great way to put it because when you look back on this season, I think you're going to ask yourself how many guys on this roster overperformed. You could probably look at Felipe Rivero, Josh Dalt maybe wound up about where you would hope him to have in his rookie year, and then Trevor Williams is the absolute bright spot in terms of guys who overperformed. Do you you know, you block out that first start where he was kind of, you know, thrust into the rotation in an emergency for Jamison Tyone. And this is a guy who had a 3.65 ERA, held opponents to a 6.92 OPS in 24 starts. He was consistent. He was reliable. I think he really proved to a lot of people that he's a major league starter. There were a lot of doubts uh, last year when he was basically left on an island in AAA when everybody kept getting called up to, to make spot starts. You know, is this the, does he have major league stuff? Is he going to be able to put away major league hitters? And he proved that he can. And I think really what he showed, too, is just his mental toughness, uh, his preparation. 
he's so tough. He's so he's got that attitude that you really like to see out of kind of a bulldog type pitcher on the mound. Clint Hurdle raves about him, calls him old school uh, with the way that he pitches. I think he was definitely a bright spot for the rotation. And maybe you look at it next year, he could have that kind of Chad Cool rotation spot in pencil uh, heading into next spring because really what you want out of your back end starters is just the ability to give your team a chance to win the game. Just, you know, you don't have to be great. You don't have to be an ace. Trevor Williams did that. He was reliable. He was dependable. You know, you didn't really see too many games except for that first one uh, and then another one against the Cardinals later in the season to really get away from him, and that's just such a, a valuable trait. So I think he really proved a lot this season, you know, for a team that was probably really scrambling for bright spots. Trevor Williams was definitely one of them. And, Adam, unfortunately, at the other end of that spectrum, uh, Tyler Glass now, you know, uh, it's it's hard to sugarcoat uh, his 2017 season because the numbers are just plain ugly. Uh, two and seven, he made uh, 13 starts, a 7.69 ERA. And I know that, you know, we have enough advanced metrics these days to to know that ERA is not the, the be-all, end-all. There's so many other peripheral stats. But, again, just, just giving his stats the eye test, it just it makes you cringe because this guy – uh, has, I'm not going to say had, but has all the talent uh, in the world to succeed at the big league level. He didn't demonstrate it in 2017. Where did it go wrong for him, and is there still hope that he can you know, become the pitcher that people expect him to be? Yeah, I actually wrote about Glasnow on Pirates.com today, uh, which is good timing. It's hard to really look at Glasnow's season as a whole because he made those 12 starts. He was really bad. The stuff wasn't there. Uh, you know, he was throwing 93-mile-an-hour fastballs with change-ups that looked like flat fastballs and curveballs that weren't biting. It didn't look like the Tyler Glass now we were promised. You know, this was the top prospect in, in you know, in, maybe of any pitcher in minor league baseball, some scouts and evaluators were saying. This is a guy with just stuff that would, you know, make your knees buckle and completely blow away hitters. They had no unhittable stuff. And then he shows up, and it's just kind of average. You know, it doesn't look like that top prospect stuff. But Part of that you can attribute to what he did last offseason when in an attempt to improve his control, uh, command the running game, he slowed down. He added this rock step that we talked about back in spring training. And then it just kind of made him feel slow and, and unathletic. So he got bumped out of the minors. He just said, forget that. I'm going to be quick and athletic. It's the windup. Just get the ball and throw. And it worked. And the stuff came back. So then when he came back to the Pirates in September – his fastball was up to 96 on average. He was touching 98, which we barely saw over the previous year. So it looked like a different guy when he came back up, which I think is what you have to, if you want to be optimistic about Tyler Glass now, you have to take that moving forward and say, all right, this offseason, he's not rebuilding, he's refining. He needs to improve his command. It was a huge issue when he came back in September, really the whole year. You look, he walked 6.4 batters per nine. That is not going to hold up no matter how good your stuff is. So, you know, there is something to build off of, which is the stuff he showed. He's back to at least looking like Tyler Glass now. The problem is is that that stuff is not going to play if he can't command it within the strike zone. Major league hitters are too good. They're going to lay off it. They're going to wait for a mistake. And that's essentially why he got punished in September. And that leaves him with some pretty ugly numbers. Like you said, the 7.69 ERA was, the, I believe, the fourth worst of any pitcher who threw at least 60 innings. The 2.02 whip is the worst. Uh, in Major League Baseball, those numbers have got to improve. I don't think he's going to come into next year with a rotation spot locked up, but I think there are reasons to believe that it's going to improve as long as he fixes that command. Yeah, and and hopefully it's a matter of you know this is a young guy that has had you know struggle after struggle, and you know sometimes in terms of a 
the big uh, the big picture, the long term picture, to have those struggles can be a good thing because you learn from mm-hmm. it, you grow, and then you become the pitcher that people expect you to be. Maybe it doesn't happen in twenty eighteen, all you know, one hundred percent, but he is at least on that path to becoming a quality major league pitcher. It'll be a very interesting twenty eighteen for Mister Glass now for sure. And a very interesting stuff from you, as always. We appreciate it. We'll do it again at this time next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates.